a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back, everyone. A lot of news breaking today. Uh, We're continuing to monitor everything going on in Afghanistan. Of course, we've also heard that the uh, teacher from Lehigh has been dismissed. Uh, We'll continue to break all of that down here on KSL News Radio as we go through the afternoon. So stay tuned for continuing coverage there. If you missed the last segment, uh, we had Representative. Moore, Blake Moore from uh, Utah's first congressional district on uh, with his uh, one of his colleagues uh, from Arkansas, uh, Representative uh, Westerman. And, and uh, they were talking about some of the things happening in terms of, of fire and uh, all of those things that have been going on in the state and management of forests and so on. And uh, I actually got a great text in from our, our good friend, Doug Demon, who uh, talked about being uh, on the fire line up Parley's Canyon And uh, he actually said the best part of the day was having homeowners come up and thank us. And that's a very Utah thing to do and uh, just shows how we do come together uh, in all kinds of situations to solve problems, to get things done. And so we do uh, thank all those that uh, have been on the front line uh, of these fires. And the front line is so many other things uh, in the last uh, few days and weeks and months. And it's important for us to I'll just keep that perspective in mind. Uh, it's not just uh, our world uh, that is being impacted. Uh, it's everybody's world. And the more we can start to look beyond our narcissistic, self-centered space and start to recognize uh, the humanity and everybody around us and what they're dealing with and what they're going through, uh, it sure makes uh, rage seem like a pretty crazy thing to engage in. It sure makes contempt uh, seem like a pretty petty thing and a pretty small thing uh, for us to spend time and energy and effort, uh, mind share, heart share uh, on those kinds of things. Uh, we're going to continue to break down. Uh, just uh, ended recently a uh, press conference that included Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, along with Chair of the Joint Chiefs, uh, General Mark Milley, uh, giving an update to the press and to the American people. Uh, where things stand currently in Afghanistan, what is being done, why and how. And so I want to go through that just a little bit to get, again, some additional perspective in terms of where we are and, more importantly, what comes next. So first let's go to Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, who talked about our moral obligation. As I said, we have, we have a moral obligation to help those who helped us. And I feel the urgency deeply. Uh, The defense secretary went on to talk about that in terms of uh, securing the airport to make sure that is maintained. He also talked about the need to accelerate the pace of getting people out. And the priority there, of course, were uh, U.S. citizens, all the U.S. citizens that wanted to leave, uh, that they are able to get out as swiftly as possible. 
next, uh, those from other nations, allied nations uh, that uh, have been working with the State Department and with our armed forces. Uh, and then, of course, we have all of those Afghanis uh, who uh, have been able to apply or get a, a special visa uh, because they were interpreters or contractors or guides uh, for U.S. forces uh, that they have priority status as well. It was also interesting to note that uh, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin uh, was asked by the media if they were going to expand the perimeter, that safety perimeter around the airport to try to make it easier for U.S. citizens and other uh, allies and people we want to help get out to get to the airport. And the response uh, from uh, both Secretary Austin and from General Milley was that they didn't have the capacity uh, in terms of troops to expand the perimeter uh, there at the airport. So that's an interesting thing to to note and keep in mind. I want to go now to uh, General Mark Milley, who said there was no uh, indication that Afghanistan would be taken over by the Taliban in 11 days. There's a lot of conflicting uh, ideas and insight and intelligence coming around that. But listen to what General Milley had to say. Let me make one comment on the intelligence, because I'm seeing all over the news that there are warnings of a rapid collapse. I have previously said from this podium and in sworn testimony before Congress that the intelligence clearly indicated multiple scenarios were possible. One of those was an outright Taliban takeover following a rapid collapse of the Afghan security forces and the government. Another was a civil war, and a third was a negotiated settlement. However, the time frame of a rapid collapse, that was widely estimated and ranged from weeks to months and even years following our departure. There was nothing that I or anyone else saw that indicated a collapse of this army and this government in 11 days. So that's uh, General Mark Milley, chair of the Joint Chiefs, uh, explaining or trying to explain uh, how it could be that there was no indication uh, that the uh, country could literally collapse uh, in 11 days. Uh, I want to squeeze in one more piece here. Again, this just uh, wrapped up moments ago. Defense Secretary Austin says that there had been no hostile interaction with the Taliban and what that means. Take a listen. Additional military forces continue to flow into Kabul with about 4,500 in place as we speak. They are trained and equipped to defend themselves in their operations. There have been no hostile interactions with the Taliban. And our lines of communication with Taliban commanders remain open as they should be. My second focus is maintaining security at the airport itself. In concert with forces from our allies, our troops have set up defensive positions around the airport, and the airport is able to function safely. And that's uh, Defense Secretary Austin uh, talking about the fact that there hadn't been any hostile interaction with the Taliban uh, just in the, the recent hours. And it will be interesting to see how that continues uh, over the days ahead uh, if this kinder, gentler uh, Taliban continues, at least for a period of time. And during this period where the U.S. is attempting to get U.S. citizens, allies, and some of our Afghan partners out of the country. If you missed it earlier, uh, we had Matt Ho on, and he actually described a really interesting space that could occur 
coming out of this, that uh, Afghanistan for the last 40 years has been in this cycle of violence, followed by cycles of revenge, followed by cycles of violence and war. And all of those don't create space for peace. So will there be a space for peace? What will the role of women be in that? Uh, What is the role of the rest of the world? We're going to continue to break that down. Also, coming up after Top of the Hour News, we're going to be joined by Alex Boyer. We're going to talk about homelessness in a unique, unique way. You don't want to miss it. Stay tuned on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.